Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States. Today, we have for you another interesting guest. We have for you Ms. Cheryl Fields-King. Welcome, Ms. Phil's King. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Lovely to have you on the show today. Give us a bit about your background and, and what have you been doing here in the United States? Okay. Well, I was born in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I'm the daughter of the late Charles and Eloise Phils. I have got four other siblings from that union. I attended the Calico Anglican School, the girls' high school in St. Vincent, received my bachelor's in political science from Hunter College, City University, a diploma in education, teaching of English from the University of the West Indies, and a master's in political science from the Graduate Center uh, in New York. I'm a former employee of what used to be Barclays Bank in St. Vincent, and I taught English at St. Andrews High in Jamaica and briefly at the girls' high school in St. Vincent. And most of my uh, working life was at the Drew University Library in Madison, New Jersey. I married Baldwin King, who was a professor at both the University of the West Indies and Drew University. And he retired and is currently the professor emeritus of the chemistry department. We have three children, Brian, Shireen, and Debbie. Now, since most of our life was spent in Madison, New Jersey, I was very involved in everything, pretty much, <laughs> that was going on in Madison. I was very active in the community in many different capacities over the years. A Girl Scout leader, church school teacher, choir member at Grace Church, served on the worship committee, teaching church committee, the endowment vision committee, former board member of the, the nursery school that they attended, and of, also on the PTA of the Tory J. Sabatini Elementary School that they attended, the Madison Junior School, and the high school. And so I was an ardent supporter of the many activities that they were involved in, including the Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Rungmies, Girl Scouts, choirs, bands, marching band, dancing, piano recitals, playwriting, cheerleading, soccer, lacrosse, tennis, basketball, track and field, sewing and cooking, just to name a few of the things that they were involved in. 
I was also a member of the planning committee of Harmony 94, a successful Madison community venture organized to embrace various groups in Madison in unity. And I was a previous treasurer and president of the Drew University Women's Club. And as you can see, I was very much involved in activities also pertaining to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So whenever St. Vincent and the Grenadines uh, celebrated independence functions, I would be invited sometimes to talk there. For example, in October 2001 in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and also in Pennsylvania in 2007, I was asked to just uh, address the function there and willingly did that. I have also been involved in functions that have to do with my alumni, the girls high school in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And that is always a pleasure for me because I feel that that experience really solidly prepared me for the future in life. So I worked at Drew for many years and retired. My husband and I are now retired. And we figured that uh, we could use the time to preserve and document any sort of Caribbean experiences that anyone would like to publish, and we sort of help them in that area. Wow. So there it is. Yes. Wow. Tell me more about what you just, the last thing you just said about publishing Caribbean experience. Can you share a little bit more about what you do with that? Um, well, we decided that not enough was being done for preserving and documenting, uh, specifically uh, St. Vincent, we were thinking of. So we looked at areas that we thought we could help to document and publish. So we've done that with several publications. My first publication was on Michael Manley and Democratic Socialism, Political Leadership and Ideology in Jamaica. This was my thesis for my master's degree. And so that was published in 2003. Baldwin also has a book out on the environment and chemistry that he published in 2002. And then we have several publications, uh, Search for Identity, Essays on St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Quest for Caribbean Unity Beyond Colonialism, uh, One of Poems, Home Sweet Home, Musings on Hyrun. These were basically um, done by our dear friend who recently departed, Dr. Kenneth John. He had these in a, 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 what was he called flambo at the time. And so we published those because we thought that they, they, needed, they needed to be documented for posterity. And... Uh, Oh, I don't know if you know of Sir Rupert John. He had done a work on pioneers in nation building in the Caribbean mini state. And 
We had that updated. His son, Carl John, wrote a foreword, and we published that. We republished that. And we've done Timescape and other Caribbean poems by uh, Dr. Bannister, who's a Barbadian, and Marcia Harold Hines, and she is from St. Vincent. And recently, we've also done many other works on areas of uh, academic discussion, really. We've done the rise of spiritual leader in St. Vincent and the Grenadines by Dr. Phyllis Ralph. And a Jamaican friend of ours, Dr. Noel Clark, has done parliamentary procedures. And we've published a book by Dr. Adrian, Dr. Adrian Fraser. So we're doing, trying to build up you know, the, the documentation of stuff that's Caribbean-oriented. Wow, that's amazing. I'm wondering, where do you get the energy and time for all of this? You are quite a busy lady. <laughs> well, I've been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me also mention that uh, we've done, um, because we feel that people need to be honored when they are alive. And, yes. and so, you know, not when they have passed, we say such wonderful things about them. We believe in bringing their good works, you know, to the attention of others. Also, they themselves just do these things selflessly, at least, you know, as a friend said, reward sweetens labor. So, <laughs> so yes. we, we, we've done two volumes of Caribbean Trailblazers, who are, who are people who have uh, helped St. Vincent grow. And, and um, you know, we think they ought to be mentioned. So, so we've done that in 2010 and 2011. And... Um, Zay Green, who's a Jamaican friend of ours, she's, she's done her book on Christianity and Black oppression. And you'd like this second part of the title, Dupino Hoofy Frighten. That's funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, we have a book on um, Caribbean short stories. Life long ago, the author is, uh, this is just a pen name of hers, Rosa Vita. And yeah, so um, Adrian's book was from Shakers to Spiritual Baptist, The Struggle for Survival of Shakers. And uh, Laura Anthony Brown, she's done Spirit-Filled and Emancipated Living. Wow. So, I need yeah. to look into these books. They sound quite <laughs> interesting. I'll send you the list. <laughs> Yes, please. I would love to take a closer look at all the publications you all have done. Very yeah, impressive. Yeah. Thank you so much. And mm -hmm. it's good to hear that there are others who are thinking along the same lines as wanting to document the experiences of people who leave another land and are here in the United States and have contributed so vastly mm -hmm. to the American mm -hmm. life and their former countries. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we believe in sharing, you know, so it, 
everybody doesn't have to have the same experience and and if you do then you you know you have some guidance you have something to work with you know yes yes yes, yes. i'm loving what i'm hearing what is life like in saint benton for you i -hmm. spoke with you probably know rt rd phils is that your brother uh, he is my older brother, yes. Oh, I'm just realizing that your your um, maiden name is Phil's, and I was like, oh, I think they're siblings. That oh, is wow. correct. That's right, correct. so what was like, he shared a bit about what life was like for him growing up, and mm-hmm. I did Trisha's father, who also mm-hmm. shared Please a bit about Cunningham. his life. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. and so as a female in the Caribbean, what was your formative mm-hmm. years like? What What is life like for a female what was fun things that you did growing up? What's the food like, the culture, mm-hmm. music, and so forth? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, you know, it, it was a simple life, but a lovely, wonderful life. Uh, um, we, uh, people raised their families to the best of their ability. Their social life mainly centered around church, school, and community activities. Uh, such as guiding and scouting, the sports, you had football, cricket, netball, track, swimming. And, and because we have the Grenadines, uh, you know, people, that's good sailing territory. So people have to sail in the Grenadines, which is, which is very nice, you know. But as you can see, even growing up, we were involved in a lot. And so that's probably carried over into our adult lives wherever we went, you know, basically whatever uh, character building traits were inculcated when we were small, we took it with us wherever we went throughout the world. And so that is why you see we have this group. Well, Archie probably told you already about the Pedro group, but when we came uh, to, to the Bronx, I was fortunate that there were my neighbors, there were people who had gone to school with me at girls' high school or or at uh, primary school. And so we sort of stayed connected, so much so that my friends today are are friends from forever friends, from way back when, as far as I can remember. And we had a very lovely social group growing up. We called ourselves the villagers. And our parents were very progressive. They, they uh, emphasized not just the academics, but the social part of life. And, and that was very important to us. And, and many people from that, you, you, we, we, um, I'll also send you the link for that, the villagers group. And we've gone to all over the world and people have found themselves in leadership positions all over the world. And it's wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know I went to high school in, in Kingston. I went to Excelsior mm-hmm. High. And mm-hmm. I know the high school years are just so important. Did you go to high school in St. Vincent? And what was that like for you? I went to high school in St. Vincent, the girls' high school. And, and, and there again, I have forever friends. In fact, uh, we, we, you, there is an alumni association in New York that was um, started by a group for, of, uh, of alumni in New York uh, many years ago, and they were instrumental in keeping that loyalty to school 
and sisterhood, and it still functions uh, today. But high school was was a really wonderful experience because at that time, that was the major high school in the island for girls. And so you had to really be pretty smart. <laughs> and you had to know that uh, education was always a priority in our family. Because as my mother always said, it's the, it's the thing that nobody could take from you. Once, yes. once you're educated, that's yours to keep. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what you did, academics, you know, really stood out there. But as I said, they also made sure that uh, you, the social aspect was also taken care of. And, and, and um, our high school celebrated 100 years in 2011. It was a very, very successful celebration. And I don't know, most people just, most of the girls who went there, they just have that sense of giving back. And so the organization here does just that. Right, right. Beautiful. So what was your arrival stories, if you are able to share, uh, mm -hmm. or your fam? I know I heard from Artie, and mm -hmm. what was your story? Yes, I too arrived in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I too, like Keith, wondered why the sun was shining and it was still cold. <laughs> right. And, and I had to remember to put my coat on before going outside. <laughs> I couldn't just open the door and walk outside. But uh, you get accustomed. You get accustomed to that. And, and that's why I would say to people who are coming, you have to have an open mind. You stay focused. You listen. You observe. And you get involved. You stay connected. You know, those are the things that you have to do. And, and, and you take everything in stride. You put your best foot forward. Uh, everything is not going to be successful. If you're down, the quicker you get up, the better, and you just move on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what was life like after, um, did you leave after high school or later on in life? Right. Um, for a short period, I worked at um, Barclays Bank, the then Barclays Bank. And um, that was another, for me, a very, you know, it was my first time really in the workforce, so. It was very, very um, positive experience. And those are my friends have been, again, forever friends, as you can see. I, see, I, I, I keep friends. <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah, so it, was, it was a good experience. And um, it, it made you appreciate what you had, even though, you know, it would appear that it's not a lot, it is. And they're, they're, you never know what is going to resonate with somebody, what they're going to take with them from childhood to adulthood. And certainly that's why you want to inculcate values, good values very early 
very early in life. And also the business of giving back. We were always community conscious. And I, for one, I know I, I always use as my mantra, you know, the saying by Edward Everett Hale, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something I can do. So that can-do attitude is really what was in, inculcated in us and um, still applies today. Right, right. Did you have an American dream as a young lady coming up or yes. something specific that you just wanted to pursue? Right. Well, I just certainly, you, you, I mean, without saying uh, saying anything otherwise, we knew we had to be educated, as I'm sure Artie mentioned. So we all knew we finished with high school. We all knew we had to go on to college and we had to do something. And I was always very um, attracted to politics, not in terms of running for politics, but in terms of observing and, and the whole historical period in which I was living because this was the time in which, you know, colonialism was on its last leg, basically, in St. Vincent. And so the indigenous people were, you know, uh, local people were getting involved in politics. And even though I was extremely young, I was always fascinated by that aspect. And so I went to, to, to Hunter College to do political science. And it, it remains very, very interesting to me up to today. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go get, get myself educated. And of course, then I got married. I met Baldwin here in New Jersey. Uh, although he's from St. Vincent too, and we knew each other there, it wasn't until we were here that uh, we started dating. We got married and then uh, he went as a professor to Yui, Mona which was another really wonderful experience for us while we were there. And then uh, when we came back, he was at Drew University for a very long time. We, I was there. I worked at Drew for over 20 years, and I think Baldwin must have worked for almost 30 years. So that's, that's where, you know, the bulk of our career was at wonderful, wonderful experiences. Mm -hmm. It sounds like your parents were academics and you guys, well, you, for example, that is correct. that path and all, married someone yes. in the academic arena. Right. They were all educators. That's correct. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and unfortunately, I would say, unfortunately, we all, we've passed that on to the next generation. And, and, we've, and we've also tried to, it's also wonderful for us to see what has happened to the the younger generation, you know, for the kids from the Pedro party and so on, they've all done so well. And it's very, very pleasing to us to see them all. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I hope that we will stay connected as a community, yes. as a Caribbean community, and are mm -hmm. able to encourage the next generation. Because I, mm -hmm. I have some concerns where that is about, you know, what they're being exposed to and values that mm -hmm. they're being told that are important and you know they're not really connected to those sort of values that I went to mm -hmm. high school in Jamaica that I know were very mm -hmm. important so certainly we may talk offline about what might be possible but um, mm -hmm. 
I wonder what was your time like when you were at Mona, Yui Mona? What was that like? Did you live in Kingston? Well, we lived on the campus, uh, College Common, the Yui campus. Are you from Kingston? Uh, Yes, I went to high school in Kingston. You went to Excelsior, yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, so yes, we lived on the campus. And of course, there again, we were involved in uh, any activities that took place on campus. And there was also a a group, you know, for the wives of uh, professors. And so we're active in that. and, And they had some community concerns too at that point. So... It, it was a really, I, I, when I first got there, I, we were just married, so we were very young. <laughs> but um, I was amazed at the camaraderie that existed, you know, because when you come to America, it, it's really very individualistic. And, uh, and people are not... You know, you have to be able to speak up and have your own voice. And, you know, people address you by your first name. And, you know, doing a good turn, they would say, oh, well, you owe me one. And, you know, these things (laughs) were were not what you were accustomed to. You know, you were accustomed to being in a more family-oriented, friendly atmosphere, you know. And even things like working on Good Friday, you know, that was shocking to me when I got here. I couldn't imagine anybody working on Good Friday, you know. But then, you know, you're exposed. And another thing is that you, you, you question yourself about the things that you hold sacred, you know, because it's not the same for everybody and everybody's opinion you should really take seriously and consider and you know before you make any judgments uh, try not to be too judgmental you know right yes mm-hmm. sounds like you had a great time being on campus at the Yui Mona I did, I did. Yes. And, and then I did my uh, diploma of education there so that uh, allowed me to meet teachers a lot of teachers uh, and uh, that was a, that is another good experience yeah okay wonderful mm-hmm. and so you ju- you went into the next question which was what were some things that shocked you or that were surprising to you after moving from St. Vincent and then living mm-hmm. in in Kingston things that you may have had to adjust to here in the United States yeah anything well, outside I moved, of I the- moved I actually moved from St. Vincent to the United States, to Jamaica, and back to the United States. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right, yeah. right. So you felt yeah. you felt like more of a community in in uh, in, in Jamaica, like as right, right. similar to St. Vincent. Some of the same holidays are celebrated. Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. Christian countries. Mm-hmm. Right, and so quite different here in the United States. Any other big adjustments you had to make, culture culture wise? Culture-wise, um, I, I not really. I just observed things that were done, and then little by little, um, you you hear things like "Don't wear white after Labor Day," you know. <laughs> <laughs> that 
little by little, you pick up all these little things that you keep in the back of your mind. And I, for one, I like bright colors. And I know when, it, like in the winter, people wear darker colors, <laughs> you know, and, and be punctual. Uh, that's another thing, you know, people like to be punctual. And I remember being told by um, this 60 year old, she said, um, you know, we were, she, she came to us for Thanksgiving dinner and she says, oh, my mom says I'm not to put my elbows on the table. <laughs> Your elbows on the table. So, you know, those little things you pick up on. <laughs> mm. Yes. Wow, wow. So any advice you may have for people who are new to the United States and who are seeking to understand the culture adjust and make this their new home you know anything that you would share to encourage them along their journey well I would say be open to all experiences and be focused if you are in a situation to educate yourself do that make that a priority Uh, stay focused stay connected be involved have an open mind. If you have children, by all means, get involved in their schooling. You know, if you, if you can be on the PTA, if you can help in the library, it's got to be around where they are so you know the things that are happening that you can take advantage of. And, and please make the ch- your children a priority. Give them a lot of love and care and sharing and be involved in their activities. Right. So we have a new segment that's called faux pas. You know, a lot of times I committed a few of those and probably still make mistakes at times. Is there Mm -hmm. any one thing that you would encourage people, new immigrants, not to say or do just to be able to get along with the country and its citizens? Or it's people. Well, as I mentioned before, to me, the big thing is just not to be judgmental. Okay, right. <laughs> you okay. Know? Just try not to be judgmental. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing these days? Uh, so you're in retirement. Do you provide coaching services? If people are want wanting to connect with you for... Any, any sort of services that you may provide, this is a platform for you to be able to share for people to reach out to you if there is such a service that you'd like to offer. Uh, no, not really at the moment because we both retired now and uh, with, especially with the pandemic, we're just taking it easy. We are here. I, I get calls from people every once in a while if there's something they want to research because they know we do the researching and the publishing about you know, the Caribbean or St. Vincent, they would call, that's fine, you know, but uh, basically researching, learning as much as you can about the United States and about uh, the Caribbean, that's my major focus at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. it's, it's, it was great to hear about your journey. Yes, yes. Anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Yes, well, you had mentioned about one word that uh, described the immigrant experience. I would say ambitious. Be ambitious. Be bold. Uh, 
and get out of your comfort zone, you know, and um, and just make the best of it. Yes. Yes. I, uh, yes. The usually uh, said this is the land of opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And so there are so many opportunities that are there and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to seek them out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so be ambitious in doing that and, and mm-hmm. um, being able to spread your wings and Mm-hmm. And this is the place that you can achieve whatever it is that you your your heart's desire in, in many places around the country that might not be around the world, rather, mm-hmm. that might not be the same, right? Because things are restricted or opportunities are not in abundance, but this is the place mm-hmm. for you to do that. So, yes, very well said. Yes, yes. Thank you. And just be loving, caring and sharing. That goes yes. a long way. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you for sharing your immigrant American story with us here on the Immigrant Experience in America, Miss Phil, Phil's King. Yes, well, um, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Simone, and I want to wish you all the best with what you are doing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for joining us again for another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.